y'all. Welcome back to Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, your host. Today, in another edition of um, To Celebrate Black History Month, I am chatting with Reverend Alicia Pitts. She is fondly known as Pastor Pitts, and she is basically a the first African-American Afro-American, excuse me, female police chaplain in the Millville Police Department. Um, She's also the lead chaplain of the Millville Memorial High School and is most recently the staff chaplain of the New Jersey Department of Correction. In her own words, she says, I live a life of servitude and leading by example is my most effective means of leading others. In her own words, she also says, after being rejected by people and never fitting in, she turned to God and spirituality. Whenever she felt misunderstood, the Lord spoke to her and said, it's not meant for people to understand you. Know that I understand you and have chosen you. And I could not think of a better way to highlight more people of color than to have Pastor Pitts on. She has such an amazing way with words that she... Y'all, you go to church on this episode. You really do. Because she preaches, and my I just got chills as she was preaching. And it wasn't supposed to be a preachy episode. We were talking about her life. But then when she, as she was talking about her life and about how she has to go through all these different changes in her life. And what she went through in her life. And some of the instances and the incidents that she went through. And how it changed her from she could have easily taken a different path you see God in her life and you see the changes and you see how she could have easily turned the other way. And I couldn't help but think, wow, God really does work miracles and God really does use the bad, what God, what the devil means for bad, God uses for good. So I really hope you enjoy listening to Pastor Pitt's story because it's one of amazing miracles and of things that God can do. So, you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today, I'm joined by Alicia um, Pitt. She, honestly, she contacted me about being on. And once I read her profile, I knew I had to have her on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, before I say anything, I always like to put this disclaimer out that I am a servant first. Um, I am uh, Reverend Alicia Pitts. I am a five-time author. Christian speaker, 
and mentor. And um, like I said before, I simply love to serve. I'm a firm believer that in order for us to save or help someone else, we have to help ourselves first. So I'm very big on self-development and uh, self-reflection. Wow. I mean, honestly, you for I'm looking at your resume and it's like when you the police chaplain thing, that's got to be hard right now. So tell us a little bit about that job. Um, yeah, right now it's hard. Um, before um, COVID came into play, um, in the very beginning when I started, um, I'm two years in um, dealing with the um, police chaplain. I am the first Afro-American female police chaplain of the Millville Police Department. I am one of 17 chaplains, but there's only two females, which includes myself, that are chaplains. And when I first started back in 2018, I was going there every day. I was going in the morning and I was also going in um, going in the evening to their police um, briefings. And so once they uh, get done their briefings, normally they would say, you know, Chaplain Pitts, um, do you have any, any words for today? Anything to say? Normally I would give them a short word and then I would ask them, um, did they mind praying with me? Real, real short prayer before they hit the streets. Um, and I also did ride-alongs, ride-alongs, went on assignments with them, riding for several hours. And let me tell you, um, being on the, on the ride-along, I have a very much respect um, for the officers. Because can you imagine on a late shift and around about three o'clock in the morning, it's like, oh my God, you know, especially if there's nothing going on mm -hmm. and they're constantly riding around. So um, I, honestly, I've developed a a very good rapport uh, with the officers. One of the officers um, asked me to counsel him and his fiance. Um, the Lord say the same, they will be getting married sometime in 2021. And um, he's a young officer, but he said to me, he said, the reason why um, I, I asked you, he said, I think you're a cool chaplain. And he said, and I love your positivity. Now, mind you, I'm the new kid on the block. So mm -hmm. it says a lot because when you're dealing with police officers, when you're dealing with um, correctional officers, there is a culture there. And basically, you're going to have to build relationship, which builds trust for them to trust you to the point where um, they don't feel like they have to walk on eggshells around you and just different things of that nature. So I remember when I first got there, I mean, they was dropping F-bombs and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was telling them, I said, no, I want you to be comfortable in being you, but just don't be disrespectful, you know? Yeah. And um, so um, they're, they're my boys in blue. There's my, they're my boys in blue. And I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm like they're, they look at me maybe like um, their little sister, like we got to watch over her. Like when, when she's with us, we, we are embracing her and we're going to make sure that she's taken care of. I love that. And um, I don't know how familiar you are with, with the podcast or anything, but my dad was actually a police officer. <laughs> he, was, oh, wow. uh, he was the chief of police and then he left wow. that and became a deputy sheriff. And he, he recently passed away in 2015. But so oh, I know wow. that culture of the boys in blue and things yeah. like that. So the fact that they embraced you, I love that. Yes. Yes. So how hard was it to get into that job though? Oh, that's a testimony. <laughs> It's a story by itself. You're going to find out I have a lot of stories. 
So um, I actually had already received chaplaincy training through the International Federation of Human Rights. Received chaplaincy training through there. And after I received the training, it was unspoken of the desire of mine um, that, okay, I got the certification. I want to use it. Had no idea that once I got in that I would get even more certification because it's a it's, even though I was a chaplain, now I'm being trained to look out for certain things when it comes to the officers and dealing with the public and different things of that nature. And so what ended up happening, this gentleman at that time, I didn't really know who he was, but he he's, he's the lead chaplain over all of us. He would contact me and say, I want you to come to this fellowship meeting and I would never go. So about the third time he calls me, I said, let me go see uh, what this is all about because this man keeps calling me. Now, mind you, we didn't have any in-depth conversation about anything else. I get to the meeting. After the meeting, he says, I want to take you to go meet the police chief. And in my mind, I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So we get to the police station. And he's giving me a grand tour of the police station. I mean, I'm all behind stairwells and all this different kind of stuff. So then he gets to this officer. And at this time, this officer, who I didn't know at that time, he was a training officer. But he says to the training officer, we got to hurry up, get her an application and swear her in. And that's how I got in the police department. Now, mind you, two days prior to that, my bishop came to one of my book signings. And he said to me, he said, the season that you are in, there's going to be times you're just going to walk in the middle of things and you're not going to have a chance to make a decision about anything. You're going to be right there. And two days later, that happens. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't look for it, but it came to me. (laughs) Wow. God does work in mysterious ways. Absolutely. So did you think when you were growing up that you wanted to be a chaplain or you wanted to be a pastor or? Chaplain was never in my view. Now, honestly, uh, when I was younger, I kind of knew I was going to be a preacher. Wasn't pastor wasn't in my view at that time till around about 14. And there was this evangelist um, from Alabama now she had she had prophesied to me and she said, You're going to be a bishop. Now I'm I'm no bishop, I'm a pastor. But you know, I knew I was going to be in some form of leadership. That's how I should say it. Now, to be in it the way I am now, it never even entered my mind. Now I understand what the scripture says. It hasn't even entered into your mind and your heart the things that God has for you. Because what I'm doing now, if you would have talked to me. A decade ago, I would have been like, no, shut the front door. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love the positivity um, that exudes from you because you can just look at you. You're shining. You're smiling. You're so positive. You're so I just love that. I always say um, I always say it like this. I am who I am because of God. Um, My spirituality, the things that I've gone through. What I've learned has made me who I am. So let's talk about the life lessons. What have we, What have you gone through and what have you learned? Whew, a whole lot of life lessons. Well, if we, if we want to take it back during childhood, just learning how to accept me for who I am, um, not worrying about what people think or what people say. 
right? Reputation, your your reputation is what people say about you. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times your reputation, what how people view your reputation may not necessarily be the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, your character is who you actually are. And a lot of times when we have that inner struggle within ourselves, it's because of we know our idiosyncrasies, right? We mm-hmm. know know our faults and we know the choices and decisions that we've made in life and so this is why i always tell people that this is why you have to be mindful of the choices and decisions that you make because they can be life-changing right god has a plan and we have a plan and sometimes the choices and decisions that we make can alter can alter that plan and so um i'm just grateful that I would say maybe my mid-20s is when I really came to self-acceptance, really accepting who I was. Um, because, you know, in childhood, sometimes you try to buy friendships and all this. These mm-hmm. things you try to fit in. Uh, and can I tell you, and, I, and I've been saying this as of late and sharing it, that when I was a child in grade school, they were calling me Pastor Pitts then. Now, wow. my, I wasn't in there preaching. I wasn't in there quoting scriptures. They was calling me Pastor Pitts. They was calling me church girl when I was a child in school. And so here it is. It, it comes full circle, right? They spoke it, spoke it right into existence. And so, um, you know, at the age of 25, just accept, accepting that and just taking inventory of myself and saying, you know what? I'm not a bad person, you know, and whoever is going to come into my life, they're either going to accept me for who I am or they can keep it moving. So I had to come to that resolve within myself to say, look, I not only do I love Alicia, but I, I like Alicia. I like who, who she's becoming. I, I like how she's evolving. And it doesn't matter what nobody else thinks, because a lot of times people are on the outside looking in and they don't even know your story. A lot of people don't even know you. They think they know you, but they really don't know you. It's so wow that you say that i currently i'm like i didn't learn that lesson until i was in when i turned 50 it was like a light bulb went off in my wow. brain um, yeah how old are you now i'm 52 so wow well you look good i'm 47 so so there you go you good. amen <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because honestly, I was always so caught up with what other people thought and, you know, that there's opinions of myself. And now it's like, I really don't care what they think. I'm going to do my thing and it's going to make me happy. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. So what is the out of all those lessons you learned, what was the most profound one that you learned? I would say, I guess, in a sense that God really is my all in all, like. I know a lot of people, but I'm really a loner. I don't have people in and out of my house. Um, if you come to my house, then that means I trust you. Um, I always tell people that your house should be your safe haven. Right after you come out from the hustle and bustle of the world, you want to be able to retreat in your own home and at peace. Now, mind you, I have a 28-year-old daughter. She hasn't lived with me for about two years. So it's just myself and my fur baby. That's it. But I'm a firm believer in protecting your atmosphere, protecting your environment, because if you're not careful, depending on who you let into your threshold, 
a, a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion can happen. And I always get this when people come. Oh, it, it's so peaceful here, yeah, because it ain't it ain't no a whole bunch of stuff going on, you know. Um, I'm a I practice what you see on my website. It is what it is. It ain't no flim flam flam about it. You know, sometimes people will think, are they are they really saying? Are they really following the, the Bible? Yes, yes, yes. And again, uh, it is in my obedience that God has opened doors that no man can shut, you know. And mm -hmm. so when people ask me, how are you doing all this stuff you're doing? Number one, God has given me grace to do it. He's, he's giving me grace to do it. And my answer, the secret is obedience. There is a blessing in being obedient and just following his instructions, right? Not worried about what nobody else is doing, mm -hmm. not trying to, because a lot of times, and my pastor says this all the time, that people will see you doing what you're doing so well, they think, oh, they get this epiphany, like, oh, I, let me try that, you know, because mm -hmm. it's working for her. But if God, if that's not your calling, if that's not your purpose, then you're not going to have those same results. And so um, I've been sharing with people that in this time that we're in, in the midst of this quarantine and in the midst of the, the, uh, the COVID, we have to be sensitive to the spirits leading. Mm -hmm. Right. One thing I realized and I've been I've been teaching it a while. God really has made it easy for us. We think it is hard, but he's really made it easy for us. Because he's given us a lot of resources. He's given mm -hmm. us a lot of tools, but most of us are not using what he's given us. And we're wondering why we feel stuck. We, we're being agitated, miserable, because if we're, we're not moving forward. And it's because you're not using what he's given you. He's, he's made it real easy. He's made it real easy. I, I, I spoke on Tuesday night how the scripture says God has given every man a measure of faith. We didn't have to create the faith, mm -hmm. right? We didn't even have to build it up. He gave every person a measure. But if you don't have no faith, then that means you didn't even use the measure that he's given you. And mm -hmm. so in this, this time that we're in, we are going to have to, as the scripture says, the just shall live by faith. We have to walk by faith and not by sight, right? Because what we see is temporary. And so if we if we would get that right, he said, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A lot of times the, the question is, do you really believe mm -hmm. that he is God? Do you really believe his word, that his word is true? Right. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand forever. Do you really believe those things? Because the Bible says when you stand praying, believe that you have the thing that you are praying for. Now, mm -hmm. can we can we be honest? How many of us, when we pray, our faith is right there when we're praying? Not really. There's not a lot. People are just going through the motions a lot of times when they yeah. pray. They're, like when they go to church as well, they're just going through the motions. They're not doing, they're not feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the disconnect is. Right. Because a lot of times we'll blame God. We'll blame the preacher. Right. We'll be even bl blame people that's around us. And the failure is not in God. The failure is not in the preacher. The failure is not in the word of God. It's us. The faith ain't there. 
and it, it amazes me we can attach faith quickly to something negative mm-hmm. instead of something positive for instance i always use this example all the time when you got up this morning and you flicked the light switch you was expecting for the light to come on right you know you paid your bills that's your net your, 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 we, we operate in natural faith all the time when we sat down in these chairs we sitting in we sat down in faith believing that the chair was going to hold us up. We didn't yep. sit down being scared like, oh, this chair ain't going to hold me up. The only time you probably would sit scared in chair if you know the leg was wobbly or something like that. But we operate in natural faith all the time. And so we have to switch that to spiritual and, and connect our faith to those things. Um, I've been saying this for a while. Um, and, and the saying is, we shall have what we say, not what we mean. Mm. so weird that you would actually talk about this today because my Bible study this morning, right before I came on, I did my journaling and my Bible study and the word that kept coming to me was discernment, discernment of his word. And then there it goes right here. (laughs) God has one voice. So I always tell people when he repeats what he says, he means what he says and he's not changing it. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, even, even, you know, I'm one of these people that I pick out the word for the year. Mm-hmm. And for this year, the word was abundance, not even knowing that COVID was going to hit, mm-hmm. but it actually has had abundance because I actually created chats from the blog cabin from COVID because mm-hmm. I missed that engagement with people. And I've met so many amazing people like yourself that come on and we chat and we just have amazing conversations. So that's abundance. And next, next year, my word is refined. It keeps coming up, refined, yeah. refined. Wow. So I'm like, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree with you um, on the word abundance. Because can I tell you, I've had more now than I've ever had to the point that I've saved more now than I've ever had. Now, mind you, I've been on personal leave since August 13th. And I took this personal leave um, because this woman of God prophetically spoke to me. And I believe that God had me take this personal leave to orchestrate some things to get me into position where I can do ministry full time. Mm-hmm. And can I tell you, um, as Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What? There's another version. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. nothing. You know, and, and even though I'm not at work, I've been able to save more now than I've ever. And I got a good job. I work. I work. You know, um, um, work for the state and the state kind of conform to the county, but I have a government job. But since I've been not at work, I've saved even more. Even through this pandemic, I was able um, the time that uh, would end up happening. God bless bless me, me so and others at my job that we never stopped working during the pandemic. But in the very beginning, we were working four hour days getting paid for seven hours. Wow. Right. Now, you know, the government normally don't do, they, mm-hmm. they, they um, kind of stiff when it comes to money. Right. But in the midst of this time where we worked four hour days, you know what I did? I came home and I got to writing the book to get the book out. So you're talking about March, 
the, the pandemic hit, May, I released the book. So God been really dealing with me about um, being disciplined with time and just different things of that nature so I can get things in order and get things rolling the way they they, they need to be need to be. And I believe the different things that he, he has me doing is to strategically put me in a place that when I come off my job, I won't have to worry about bills. Right. I don't have to worry about, OK, how I'm going to pay my rent and all this kind of stuff. Everything is already going to be in line. Wow. So you talked about your books. Let's talk about the first one. Let it go for your sake. Yeah. That one. There we go. I don't know if they can see it real good, but oh, because it's green. It's green. That's mm -hmm. why it's clear, y'all. <laughs> it's green. I'm I'm using the chroma screen or whatever. But um, yeah, this book was released actually around the same time. But it was in May of 2018. May of 2018, this book was released. So let's talk about that book. Yes. What does that book go into? This book is about forgiveness. Let it go for your sake. Forgive. And I always use the tagline, there's another way to live. Keep going back to love. Now, this book was birthed out of a conversation. Now I have I've written two other books prior to this, but between though the last book that I wrote and this book, almost twenty years passed before I wrote this book. Wow! And what ended up happening? I was a a leader, um, an adjunct professor for a leadership institute, and the chancellor of the school. She said, "You always talking about forgiveness. Why not write about it?" And that's how the book came into play. And I believe God used her as the conduit to get me back to doing what I was doing before. You're talking about 20 years, not writing, and then all of a sudden, boom. And, um, of course, I share my own personal stories in it, but this is a workbook. There is self-reflection exercises in there. There is critical thinking exercises in here. And I just, I don't preach get over it, but help you to process what forgiveness is and what it is not. Many times people do what I call blanket forgiveness. But if you really want to let it go for your sake and forgive, there is a process that you have to go through. You have to name, you got to be very specific mm -hmm. in naming offenders, naming the situation. So God forbid, if something happens, that is familiar to whatever you had to let go, you won't get triggered by it. So, um, you know, so the questions, um, it asks you different things. And of course, any book that I've written, it is based off of experience. I'm not talking from, from head knowledge. Dr. Miles Moreau, he says a profound thing. And he said that there is no new information, just different experience. There's a whole lot of books out there on forgiveness, right? But whatever those books are, it's not my experience. So there's there's no new information. It's just a there's just a twist on it, depending on a person's experience. And so I share different experiences from from relational experiences to church experiences, right? Because when you're dealing with human beings. The truth of the matter is, whether you're in church or not, you're going to 
experience hurt. Mm-hmm. And you're going to either be on one side of the coin or the other. Either you are the offender or you are the offended. Yep. True. That is so true. Now let's talk about the other books that you wrote in the very beginning, 20 years ago. <laughs> well, the first book, um, it was actually, I called it, it was actually a, a brochure and it was titled the whole arm of God. And it was based on Ephesians chapter six. Now, honestly, once I, uh, if, if God don't give me a, a, another thing to do, I want to go back and I want to um, create another addition to that and, and make it better. Because in the beginning of my writing, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just simply obeying God. Now, the, the, the ironic thing is now I've obtained so much knowledge now than I had 20 years ago. Right. Didn't know I had to copyright the book, you know, Um just all kinds of stuff. And I've always published, self-published all of my books. So even the two books that I produced prior to, it was pretty darn good for me to get to that point without really no outside help. I was just doing, as as got led, doing the research and just different things of that nature. Now, the second book that I, that I wrote back then um, is entitled um, The Stronghold of Homosexuality. I was, matter of fact, I got it right here. The Stronghold of Homosexuality. And here it is again, y'all. It's got green in it. So wherever you see it clear at, it's, it's got the green in it. And uh, The Stronghold of Homosexuality, it is based on my own personal testimony. Um, I like to say it like this, from ex-gay to reverend, to ex-gay to reverend. And in this book here, it, it more so came from a theological perspective, like, it was a whole bunch of scriptures and all that was in this book. That was the second book. Then came after 20 years, then the let it go for your sake. And then the one that I dropped in May of this year was homosexuality is in heterosexuals relax. And this book is to bridge the gap between uh, the church and the homosexual and also to bridge the gap between heterosexuals and the homosexual. So this book is to educate. Um, it doesn't, there is scripture in here, but it, this is not coming from a theological perspective. This book is to uh, 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 educate and to let people know that no matter, you can, you can, you can hold true to your convictions but it's about speaking the truth in love. And I've had great testimonies on, on this book. There were people that had certain mindsets and they said, after reading your book, my mindset has been changed. The other side of that is there's a lot of people that said, oh, this book is about love, right? Because the, the truth of the matter is um, those that are in, in the homosexual lifestyle, when it comes to the church, they, they are automatically expecting rejection mm-hmm. they're automatically respecting rejection and so god began to deal me deal with me with this now mind you i'm not talking from head knowledge i've been in the lifestyle and god began to deal with me and he said people in this time that we're living in 
People have to build relationships. When you build relationship, it will build trust. When you build trust, just like we're building trust, mm -hmm. we get connected, then you're more apt to receive what I'm saying to you. You're more open to receive because we have built some type of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so what God told me, one of the things in here I talk about, he said, when you listen to understand, you will give the proper response. See, a lot of times when people are engaging in conversations, they are listening to respond. They're trying to think about, okay, mm -hmm. what am I going to come back with? But when you do that, you are not present in the conversation. And so what happens nine times out of 10, we'll ask the person, did you hear anything I had to say? Now, if you had to ask somebody that, then you already know they were not present and engaged in the conversation. And the person said, yeah, I heard what you what you said. And then mm -hmm. they rattle off like the last few words you said. But how you know they really wasn't listening because they didn't give the proper response. Have you ever been there where you were talking to someone and someone cuts you off and they'd be like, yeah, like such and such. And you'd be like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Listen to what I'm saying. And so this is uh, one of the things that I talk about in there where God is saying, look, you have to listen to understand. Then you're able to give the proper response. And by you listening to understand what that person is telling you, you will be able to use that information to minister to them. Wow. And because and, and, a lot of times as leaders, and I'll talk about leaders because I'm one of them. A lot of times we're so full of wisdom and knowledge. We just want to throw off everything that we know and we're not listening. We're not being present. And, and so one of the things I talk about in the book is just simply asking them a, a simple question such as how do you even get into the lifestyle? Mm. Everybody has not been abused. Right. But you're genuinely getting to know this person. You're showing genuine care and concern. And when you do that, people know when you genuinely have a care and, and concern from them. And once you build that relationship, then people are more apt to receive what you have to say especially when it comes to Christians, right? And, and people who are quote unquote religious before anybody can receive the, the, the religious jargon that you're talking about, you got to get to know them, build, build a relationship mm -hmm. with them build, and, and genuinely do it and genuinely do it. Yes. I mean, so everything you're saying is so profound. I'm just going to do a practical one. Last <laughs> night, last night, you talk about listening. Last night, my husband went to the store and he called me. And he's like, well, they don't have this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, do they have any other types? And he kept listing other things, but not what I was specifically asking him about. And I'm like, are you listening? And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm listening. And then I said, okay, so tell me. It was barbecue sauce. So tell me what the kinds of barbecue sauce. Then he starts talking about steak sauce and everything. I said, that's not what I said. I said, I said put my daughter, my 18-year-old daughter went to the store with him and she said, I said, put her on the phone. Let me talk to her because I know she'll listen to what I'm saying. He was, his mind was tracked on this particular brand yeah. and wasn't looking at any other kind of barbecue sauce. So I can see what you were saying about not listening and listening to just respond and not having that conversation. I love yes. that. Yes. <laughs> but honestly, that the book homosexuality is in it must have caused a lot of controversy though for you oh yeah people nailed me to the cross what is she talking about 
and it was funny because what I did was um, we do this thing where, where it causes buzz. And so um, I was very blessed by um, Books Boost Business. Um, one of the um, the people that I was working with, her name is Laura Helen. And so they created three covers for me. I put the covers out. Now, mind you, all I asked was, which cover do you like? I didn't ask you for nothing else. <laughs> and people started crucifying me to the cross. And it was this one particular uh, lady. She was like, and you're supposed to be a reverend. And I mean, she just went on this rant, right? And so one of my brothers in the Lord, who's a bishop, he said, if I'm not mistaken, this is Reverend Alicia Pitts. And this is part of her testimony. So it was a couple of people that did stand up for me, which I thought was, was funny because you, they didn't have to stand up for me, right? And then you had people, before they responded, they was like, um, what's this about? You know, so they was treading on the, the safe ground. And then other people who knew me and knew my spirit, right? They said, oh, I knew something was behind that. So the way God gave it to me, he said, say homosexuality is in. You know how years ago, probably, I know before I was born, um, and probably before you was born, mm -hmm. they used to have a saying, the doctor is in. Mm -hmm. The doctor is in. And so when back then, when they said the doctor was in, that means the doctor had arrived, right? So homosexuality is homosexuality is in simply means homosexuality is here. Now we have to deal with it. Now that it's here, heterosexuals, relax, because it ain't going nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. So now this book is going to educate you on how to deal with those who are in that lifestyle. And you can still hold true to your convictions, but you have to deal with people in love. You, you, there, there's no, no way around it. Even, even the Bible, it's all centered around love, right? Uh, um, love is the fulfilling of the law. We have to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so, um, again, this book is, is, is because the, the thing is, even in your family, how are you going to deal with, especially let's, because I'm coming from a Christian perspective, right? And there are people that you may want to win over that are in this lifestyle. But if you're not even in treating them with love, how are mm -hmm. you going to win them over? Yep. I, mean, look at, I mean, look at Jesus, the woman caught in adultery. That's a good one, right? Mm -hmm. she, was caught, she was caught red-handed. They ain't even bring the man. They bring the woman, right? And Jesus says, all right, he that he was without sin. Cast the first stone. Everybody just started dropping their rocks and they left. And Jesus said, okay, where art thou accusers? And he tells the woman, go and sin no more. Jesus ain't getting to no long drawn out conversation. Like, you know, you shouldn't have been doing this like we sometimes do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because of the mercy, my God, today that he showed her, that the scripture says that he that has been forgiven much will love much. And he that has been forgiven little will love little. Because of how Jesus responded to her, she became a follower of him, right? He, he didn't judge her. He just said, look, from look, from this day forward, don't do it again. Don't do it again. Don't do it again, right? And so that's how we have to entreat people because 
you know, if we would just practice empathy sometimes, mm -hmm. put yourself in that person's shoes. If it was you, I have to go back to forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is extending grace to others. That's one of the definitions I like to use. If it was you, would you want someone to have mercy upon you? Nine times out of 10, the question is, yeah. Yes. Right? We've all done some mm -hmm. idiotic thing. We've all said something that we shouldn't have said. We've all done things that we shouldn't have done. Some of us, we don't even want to repeat some of the things that we have done. And so here it is, it's still a soul. That's worth saving, right? And the Bible says in order to win souls, one must be wise. You can't treat every soul the same. Some people, they need a hammer over the head. And some people, God just, sometimes he will wink at their ignorance, right? Because to mm -hmm. much known, much is required. Yeah. But see, it goes back confirming what you just said about having discernment, right? in order to win that soul over. And guess what? And you may not be able to win that soul over, but you can plant a seed or you can water a seed and God will give that increase. So I, I think we, we really have to look at ourselves and say, look, we are, number one, we're never going to be per perfect. We're striving for mm -hmm. perfection, which is coming to a place of maturity, right? And so when we, when we deal with one another like that, the Bible says, um, give allowance to people's faults right because guess what you may need that same allowance one day you may need mm -hmm. that allowance so give people room right because we've all made mistakes we have i haven't arrived here without making mistakes matter of fact there's an acronym that says fail first attempt in learning first mm -hmm. attempt in learning so um you know and i'm still not perfect i still have not arrived like paul said you know, I have yet to obtain, but this one thing is I am pressing toward the mark of the prize of the higher calling of God. And so we, we just have to remember that we really have to really get an understanding and all that get, get an understanding because you don't know why people are uh, in the place of life that they are. Some people have suffered trauma and they just, instead of them turning to God, they turn to something else. You know, and so when we do that and when we even look at ourselves, see, a lot of times we will judge because our idiosyncrasies is not shown like everybody mm -hmm. else. But the Bible says, judge you not, lest, lest you be judged in that same manner. Do you want that same light shown on you? Mm -hmm. you trying to shine, shine on somebody else? I don't think you want that light shining on you. And that's why the scripture says, he said, get that big old beam out of your eye. Then you can see clearly to get that little thing that's in somebody else's eye. Because what a lot of times what we got going on is greater than the person we send up their finger pointing at. You know what I mean? And as the saying goes, you can get a, um, more bees with honey, right? Instead of always pointing out what somebody is doing wrong, point out what they're doing that's right and encourage them in that. And that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to win souls to the kingdom. We can't, we can't be, uh, uh, and we got everything that we do, it has to be in love. If it ain't coming from a place of love, Paul said, I can give my body to be burned, but if I have not love, it profits me nothing. Wow. 
I feel like I'm listening to a sermon. I mean, you're right. You have to, you have to, um, you have to come from a place of love instead of condemnation. Because if you're already coming in with the condemnation, nobody's going to yeah. listen to anything that you have to say, regardless. Yeah. Your backs are going to be up. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. That is one thing that I strive for, especially in the chats in the blog cabin, is to be open with everybody yeah. and to listen to what they have to say and have the conversation. Um, one of the things that I did during the time that George Floyd had, and I'm going to touch on this in a minute, it was the race relations. And I had a mixed um, panel of women come on and a mixed panel of men come on and talk yeah. about race relations. And honestly, they were probably the best shows that I did because I just let them talk. So from your point of view, how can we get better in race relations in this country? Again, um, some things to me is just practicing common courtesy. You know, the scripture says, treat others the way you want to be treated, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it's simply saying. Like treat other people they, the way you want to be treated. And, you know, the Bible says that uh, no, no man after the flesh. So I always tell people, get to know people's spirit, because then when you get to know a person's spirit, you'll know why they do the things that they do. You'll know why they say the things that they say. But when you're dealing with their flesh, it will have you on an emotional roller coaster. That's why you got to tap into the spirit. So that's the same thing. And when you get to know my spirit, when somebody mm -hmm. comes to you and says, Leisha said such and such. Here we go. I got to go back to it. Discernment, right? Your mm -hmm. discernment to kick in and be like, that don't even sound like Alicia. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you would be able to move on from that or you would handle it a certain way to say, okay, if that's the case, let's pray. A lot of people don't do that, right? Because when you start saying let's pray, that cuts down all that confusion, cuts down the gossip, cuts down the judgment, the condemnation and everything else, you know? And, and, and we need to do that even the more. Um, and, and, and let's keep it real when it comes to the spirit, he said, there's neither Jew, no Greek, there's no color, color and all mm -hmm. that stuff. It don't even come into play. Get to know people by their spirit. And then what happens is you can adjust yourself accordingly. So if it's, if it's, if they are unhealthy, you can love them from afar off and keep it moving, right? You can begin to set boundaries, but here it is. I got to go back to it again. Love is the message. Love is mm -hmm. the message. Love is the message. If we want to make this world a better place, we have to start in our communities. We have to be examples. We have to be bold, right? And a lot of times when you are bold, you may find yourself out there by yourself. Like people, people think the majority is right. But I, I believe mm -hmm. that it's the opposite. I believe that it's the opposite because the Bible says the broad road is crowded, but that narrow road, there are few that find it. Mm -hmm. And so um, just practicing empathy, putting yourself in that person's situation. You know, if you have children, would you want your children to be treated a certain way um, because of their skin color? I remember looking at a clip on Facebook and I forget the lady's name and you may know her name, but it was a lady before we were even born, that did a study with a group of kids in the classroom. Now, in this study, she didn't even use skin color. She used eye color. And she said, well, the people with blue eyes, they are the smartest. They are the smartest. And the brown and, and the kids with the brown eyes, you're the dumbest. 
And just by that itch, the, 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 the results showed the mindset of kids and even how they're how they even carried themselves differently. The ones that had the blue eyes, right? They were carrying themselves like with a little superiority. Mm -hmm. uh, they distanced themselves from people. The, the kids that had the brown eyes, and then she did vice versa. Gave it to the now the brown eyed people are the, the smartest, and, and the blue eyed people are the dumbest. And you saw how quickly it switched. Mm -hmm. You saw how quickly it switched, and so. Those of us that have children, we have to start instilling certain values in them while they're young. And it's the responsibility falls on the parents. Mm -hmm. And you can't, as a parent, say, do as I say, not as I do. Because kids pick up on stuff. And especially now, kids are more wiser now than they were back when we were coming up, right? You got all this technology, you got all this access to different things. They're even coming out. Back in the day, kids would even open their eyes for several weeks. Now they're coming out with their eyes open, some coming out, being born with some teeth in their mouth and all this kind of stuff. And the scripture says that each generation gets what? Wicked, more wicked than the, than the previous. And so the responsibility is gonna fall on the parents. To teach teach the kids. We're, look, we're looking at a um a generation right now. They don't know church. They don't know mm -hmm. church ethic. Why? Because either their parents wasn't brought up in it, or the parents failed to teach the children, failed to pass it down to the next generation. So, uh, you know, the children are our future. And it, and and if we want, <laughs> my God, today looking into the future. And when it comes to government and all these different things, we got to reach these kids and we got to reach them at an early age and begin to teach them, teach them about character, teach them about integrity. Remember back in the day, here it is again, before we were born, your word was your bond, right? Mm -hmm. A handshake in your word, that was a contractual agreement. Nowadays, yep. you can't, I mean, people saying a whole lot of stuff, but they're not holding to to their to their word. They're not holding to their word. And so these are different values and different things that we need to instill in our children early. We, we got to catch them early. We got to catch them early because the truth of the matter is if you don't teach your children, the world is going to teach them and you don't. And then when they teach them, they're going to be teaching them everything, the wrong thing and all everything mm -hmm. on the scale. Right. So it's important yeah. that we, we, we get a hold of them early to let them know how to conduct themselves when it comes to racial re relations, right? Uh, uh, not being boisterous with the officers and all that kind of stuff. Why would you want to escalate a situation? You know, I tell people, especially when it was going, when, when that was happening, I was telling people, come away from the TV. Because what it did was it instilled fear, not only in the civilian, but it instilled fear in the officer, right? Because, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's why I thank God that I had I have the privilege to work with the officers because now I'm on the inside, right? Mm -hmm. I can see what's going on. And when officers pull a car over, they could be pulling, pulling them over for a traffic stop, but they don't know what they're going to get into. Pull them over for a traffic stop and the person got something else going on. And next thing you know, the person done pulled out a gun and all this kind of stuff. So I was telling people back then to, to stop looking at all that stuff because it will create hysteria. 
right? Mm-hmm. You get pulled over by the cop and normally you 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 would have conducted yourself in a certain way, but because you've been looking at all of this uh police brutality and all this kind of stuff, now now fear is on you. And then you end up doing some idiotic thing that could cost you your life. Mm-hmm. I was telling people, you know, come come away from that. Come away from that. And it was on both sides, whether it was the officer or, mm-hmm. or the civilian, right? So come away from a lot of that stuff. We, we had to be careful when it comes to TV and news because some things, you remember back in the day, you didn't see a dead body on TV. Mm-hmm. You didn't see blood on, on TV. Now all of this stuff is being put out there. And it, and, and this is why, you know, it's, it's, it's the lust of the eyes, right? The lust of the flesh and mm-hmm. the pride of life. We have to protect these things because it can subliminally do something to you mm-hmm. and you don't even know it because as i tell people your spirit never s- sleeps so you're constantly depending on what you listening at looking at and all that kind of stuff it gets into your spirit so we just have to be mindful uh, uh when it comes to things of that nature and at the end of the day continue in spite of what somebody else is doing continue to treat people kind continue continue to do the right thing you can't never go wrong doing the right thing thing my former pastor always said this, we're not held accountable for other people's actions, but we're held accountable for what we do. The only person you can control is you. Mm-hmm. And if if and, and if an individual is wrong as two left shoes, God can deal with them better than you can. Because if you start taking the matter in your own hands, as pe- people court say, then God steps back and he says, look, okay, you got it. I'm going to step back. So... We can never go wrong doing the right thing. I don't care how ignorant somebody acts because you may win them over. There I, there was a um, a movie out with um, Taraji Henson and I forget the other person. I think it was called Between the en- Enemy, enemy fr- Frenemy, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was dealing with racial uh, relations. And what ends up happening, uh, uh, these two end up becoming the best of friends. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I can't even remember what the name of it is, but if you look up Taraji uh, Henson, uh, and, and Taraji, and um, I, it's something with enemy in it. The movie is, and it deals with black and white issues and how, in, in the end, they became the best of friends. And it's based on a true story. It's based on a true story, and they end up becoming the best of friends. Wow. Yeah. You have just dropped a whole bunch of. <laughs> spiritual goodness on us a lot of truth bombs um is there anything else you want to drop before we hop off um i just wanted to encourage you all just to look unto jesus who is the author and finisher of your faith there is light at the end of the tunnel and if you want to survive you need hope and you need faith because if you lose hope that's how some people, you know, they end up uh, committing suicide. They don't they don't see no way out. But I'm here to tell you that your way out is through Christ. Right. Even when it's all chaos that is around you, you can have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Is everything. Do I have everything that I want? No, but I have everything that I need. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you that even in these last 21 days of December, God still has an opportunity to turn things around in your life. So if you're living, it it seems like it's a dry place, a a, a place 
that is parched. Keep, don't keep believing in God. Trust in him. Lean and depend on him. Man will fail you every time. But once you realize that God is the source and he gives us the resource, your mindset has to change. Your mindset has to change. And, and I will say this and, and I'm done. This the, the season that we're in, dealing with this the quarantine and just everything going on with the government, you're going to have to learn how to adapt. And you're going to have to learn how to do things differently. And when you do that, you will find yourself, you won't be agitated, you won't be upset, and you won't be miserable. And then just be sensitive to what God is telling you to do, right? He, 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 he never leaves us without instruction. He never leaves us without direction. But you got to quiet down all that noise that's around you so you can be able to hear what he would have you to do. And, and it's an individual thing, right? What may be good for you may not be good for me, but the, the, but the thing is being obedient to whatever he's told you to do. Learn how to adapt and learn how to do di things differently in this season. season. The Lord bless and keep you is my prayer. The Lord bless and keep you is my prayer. Thank you for this time and space. Um, I count it a privilege and an honor to be here on today. Yes, thank you for coming on. And like I said, you've dropped a lot of truth bombs, a lot of spiritual gossip, um, not gospel, gossip, but gospel on us and just the word. And I think that's what a lot of people need now in the U.S. is they need to come back and come back to the simpler things instead of being so caught up in all the other yeah. things. Like you said, turn the TV off, walk away, even yeah. though don't turn this off. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, turn to discern it goes discern again yes. things that are are going to uplift you instead of bring you down yes absolutely absolutely so i want to thank you for being on thank you thank you for having me it was a privilege and an honor to be here now now i gotta calm myself down I'm, i got all stirred up now i gotta bring myself down <laughs> okay guys we will see you on the next chat from the blog oh. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, if you guys are interested in any of the books that I have, go to my website, aliciapitts.com. There is a free takeaway there. Um, it's an ebook on learning how to apologize. Learning how to apologize. That's another side of forgiveness, but we can't get into that right now. But go to my website, aliciapitts.com. That's A-L-E-E-C-H-E-A pits.com to grab that uh, free takeaway. All you got to do is enter your name and email address and the ebook is yours. Thank you again. Blessings to you. All right. Bye guys. Y'all pastor Pitts brought it. Didn't she? She is an amazing speaker, mentor, author, and so much more. I honestly did not know what I was getting into when I booked her for this show. I knew she was a speaker. I knew she was a mentor. I knew she was an author, but I did not know she was all that in a bag of chips. Because y'all, after I got out of, got off that broadcast with her, I was like, y'all, I went to church and I learned it and I felt the Holy Spirit. And that is what we need in this world right now. 
we need the kindness and the caring and we need to look at each other and say you know what you may look different than me you may feel differently than me you may love someone differently than me you may believe something differently than me but you know what i'm gonna love you regardless that don't mean that we need to hate each other that don't mean that we need to despise each other that doesn't mean that we need to need to hate each other and and that's the whole thing about learning about um black history black history doesn't mean that black history month doesn't mean that we need to forget about white history as well no black history just means that we need to learn about things that black black the, the african-american people have brought to our country because the united states and most history books all we hear about and yes i am a white woman let me put this out really quickly because i know a lot of people are going are you white or are you black i'm a white woman but i am married to a mexican man let me put this out there but most history books are giving you the whitewash version of american history they're not telling you what african americans or black people have done for this country so you need to learn and honestly i will put it out there myself that sometimes i have used that white privilege and looking back now and i have taken the time to learn more instead of listening to the stereotypes i have sat down and watched even though sometimes it's hollywood movies but i did not know at the end of malcolm x's life because all i've ever heard in my life was that malcolm x was all about killing white people let's sit down and watch the movie he was against that he wasn't for killing white people he wanted to work with the white people so what you may hear are stereotypes that's why we celebrate black history during the month of february not because we want to we want to just set aside a month we should celebrate it every month but we set aside a month of february because they're it's not taught in school just like hispanic heritage month is in september because that's not taught in school women's history month is in march because most of the time women are also left out in the history books that's why i'm promoting black history during the month of february and honestly i wish i had thought ahead to promote it more and had more speakers on i i kept three back so i could promote it i wish i had kept more set back because i actually recorded this particular podcast episode before christmas but decided to hold it until i post posted it today so please y'all get educated learn it's not always what it seems educate yourself don't listen to what tom dick and harry down the road says get information yourself get informed yourself don't always listen to what the next person says and most importantly reach out to your neighbor who's a different color different nationality who believes a different thing that you may believe have a conversation with them sit down talk with them and say you know what this is what i believe let me hear what you believe and y'all you're going to realize that sometimes 
it's not that different. We're all the same. We all just want the best for our children. We all want to live in peace and love and happiness. And that's what I give you right now. Be blessed. And remember, start chatting with each other.